Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Jana, I was on Instagram. I know you're all on Instagram, right? I'm on social media. I'm on social media. Sorry. I was on Instagram and then I saw my friend posting at Yanakula Nyama. If you know me very well, and this one nakwambia openly, if I ever see you having meat, no jan invite beef. Eh, bana. Next time I kula kanyama, chapa invite. See, see, you are told to share. share. Kindness is sharing. Senior. So I saw my friend eating nyama, and I am a meat guy. Na You know that feeling when you are told, kama na choma nyama, nyama imeiva. I love meat. So poleni guys, and since I have the mic. Okay, am I by myself? How many love meat? Meat, nyama choma in the house of God. <laughs> you know the feeling when you're told the food is ready. Mm. So I'm so Don't worry, guys, I'll be done in a few. <laughs> you know the feeling when you can smell it from your where, where you are. You, you know, that's oil, that's water in Yongezwa, it's boiling, that's meat, it's almost that. You know the feeling. You know how it feels when your body tells you, guys, hey, bana, let's order some pizza, bana. Mini konanja. And you hear the bell, ding, ding, it is close to heaven. Nyama imeiva. I actually wish I called this sermon Nyama imeiva. Because <laughs> in the altering process, the sacrifice, when it was ready, when it removed, uh, when it chucked that smell, that sweet aroma, that is when God was happy. Upon the aki, yes. It had to be pleasing before him. It had to be amazing before him. The sacrifice on the altar is ready. That's the basis of where we are today. We learned that the only time the altar is pleasing to the Lord is when it exudes a sweet-smelling aroma, when it is burned off. We are talking about the product or the result of the altering process. Imagine yourself with me. That you're on the altar. God has placed it. Remember, remember the story of Isaac? Remember the story of Jacob and Isaac? Abraham and Isaac? How Abraham took his son and placed him on the altar. That is exactly what God does to each and every of our lives. The moment you accept him, and he puts on the fire. You know the way the nyama from that is exactly what he's doing. The problem is, some of us agree to the process. Some of us, and you know, because you are the person who buys the meat, you're the person who buys your food, can you imagine how it would feel? If, for example, imagine with me for a second, that we had, that the food that we bought would talk back to us. And so you buy the food, and then it accepts. You take it home. 
And then when you get there, atunatakuyeko kwa moto na kwambia, ah, boss, eh, eh, siendi kwa yu moto. What would be your reaction? Acha jokes, bana. Hey, boss, ingia kwa sufuria ama panda kwa moto. That is exactly how we are. Mm. Topic of discussion today. What happens to us after being in the place of alteration? After paying the price of alteration? After experiencing the pain of what, what happens to us? What can we say happened to the likes of Joseph, King David, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, after all they faced in their lives? What is happening to you right now? with the alteration process. Where are you? Allow me to read this for us. You don't go to just indulge me for a couple of minutes. American high school football star Brian Banks was wrongfully convicted of raping a classmate while only 16 years of age in 2002. From his 18th birthday, he then spent five years in jail and another five years on parole as a registered sex offender. Remember, he's been wrongfully convicted. He was later cleared of all the offenses in 2012, praise the Lord. Joined the football team Atlanta Falcons and with the help of the show Final Appeal helps those like himself who find themselves in such false accusations. In August of this year, a feature film he has co-produced will come out as well. In an interview with the Today Show, he told of his feelings while he went through the ordeal as helpless. You can imagine. Fear. Every negative emotion you can think of, all the way to anger. Revenge. Wanting the people to be held accountable for what happened to him. Paranoia, not knowing who to trust. And not knowing where his life will be going 18 years. He being 18 years especially heading into prison. He says it felt like the end of the world for a very long time. He then said that his life motto is one of knowing that he's not in control of things taking place in his life, but in control of himself while going through unwanted situations. Bear with me, Kidogo. Kenyan police officer Morris Caberia found himself at the wrong place and at the wrong time and therefore <laughs> was imprisoned in 2005, get this, for 13 years. He was imprisoned for 13 years to hang for robbery with violence, a crime he never committed. The president later pardoned him with many others to a life imprisonment sentence. He later was released in 2018 after his application for release was deemed trustworthy. He is now pursuing a law degree through the sponsorship of African Prisons Project. He is also pursuing the writing of two books. Think, imagine, 13 years in prison, now he's writing two books, one on marriage and the other on justice. And he's even planning to go back to the prison to help other inmates with the legal matters they face. Think about that, man. 13 years for something you never committed. He says that he was a very bitter man when he arrived in prison. 
When he was a police officer, he couldn't imagine engaging in any way with a suspect. You're, you're police, crying out loud. You're, you are the law. Leave alone a convict. He could not engage. How, how was he going to engage with these people? He thought once someone was a suspect or convict, their lives were ruined, yet there he was taking orders for, from prison wardens. On leaving, hear this, Morris says that his experience at the maximum security prison taught him patience, love, and understanding beyond what he could have comprehended when he was in the police force. He says that his time at the prison is now seen by him as a great opportunity that God gave him to learn more about himself and enlarge his academic boundaries. What is the product of your alteration process? Do you even understand that you are in a process that God is altering you? He's tweaking here and there. What is the product of the alteration process? I believe that number one, we get to know ourselves and especially our sinful nature. We get to understand who or how bad we really are. We get to see that and see it very clearly. I've always said that you only get to know yourself when things are really good. Have you ever noticed when guys are paid end month? Hmm. This you know I am here. Give me what I'm supposed to get. But upper mid-month, you don't even want guys to, to see how much check. When you have and when you don't, we get to really know who you are. But put another way, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of America, said that nearly all men can stand adversity. Nearly all of us. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. See you I remember when I started driving. My goodness. You know, I'd been walking for a long time. Long. Baka a congregant. Akianani congregant sa zingine. Alikuja kaduliza, eh, pasi, bana, pasi, pasi. Masi ataka baiskeli, bana, pasi. Siju kwa nimi nacheka, but. Aliuliza life. Masi, pasi, bana. Ani. Now, I remember the feeling I had when the, the car came. I was like, mm, where is he, man? Now he wasn't around. Can you imagine after all of that? When we have power, and it doesn't matter whether you're a chick or a dude. This is again put this way. A woman's loyalty is tested when a man has nothing. Whereas, a man's loyalty is tested when? When we have what? When we have? Everything. <laughs> the altering process you're talking about will show you deep down how bad you really are. It will show you how angry you get. How unhappy you really are with the situation. It will reveal to you what sin so easily besets you. That one sin. You know, we have sins. Oh, Sijui. 
jealous yapa envy most of us jealous in envy tunarola hapo hapo tuko wengi but there's that one for you one one when you're going through the altering process god allows the process to reveal to you what that sin is unaanza kujua eh 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 mine is this one kumbe this is my issue do you know that today do you know yours One of the best bible verses is found in Romans 3:23. For all have sinned. All of us. No wonder God really hates it when we look down upon each other. When you put any unajiona wewe uko above. All of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. All of us. And so the altering process allows us to get to the place of understanding what is that sin? What is that thing for me not for others for you remember job for example the bible tells us that he was without sin he was faultless but is that really true because when his friends came and started talking to him he actually gets to a point of asking his friend elihu 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 whether he knew that he was faultless was without sin and elihu yani gets on his neck telling him boss there is only one that is faultless and that is jehovah and so in a way god was revealing the pride in the heart of job zakw assume that he was with it what is yours the altering process reveals to us who we really are and especially our sinful nature number 2 We get to appreciate the spiritual disciplines as the fruit of the spirit is developed in us. As we go through the alteration process, you start to appreciate the spiritual disciplines. We don't like that term spiritual disciplines because we assume it's a religious thing, prayer, fasting, oh, solitude and all of that. But you will understand that when you're going through stuff, somehow some way you tend to veer towards prayer you tend to veer towards worship towards the word of god and so in a way the process gets you to appreciate the disciplines the disciplines are divided into one inward disciplines this is meditation prayer fasting and the study of god's word number two, outward disciplines these are simplicity solitude submission and service corporate disciplines number 3 are confession you know how we do in church father forgive us worship guidance and celebration one thing you will notice with the altering process is that you, when you go through it or as you go through it elements of the discipline start being appreciated all of a sudden the practice of prayer becomes a habit because you can't do it by yourself you're tired you're exhausted you feel helpless and one of the things that happens naturally for human beings is when you're feeling helpless you tend to look for help and because you know the lord or hopefully if you know the lord prayer now starts starts becoming a habit all of a sudden you tend to want to be close to other believers in worship in encouragement now the word of god seems to be making sense All this is happening to inform us that God is directing us to his disciplines. They start becoming 
known to us. Tools that he places, the disciplines of God, where he can begin to bless us. That's all they are. They have been called God's means of grace. The disciplines, the spiritual disciplines. They put us where he can begin to work within us and transform us. When you place yourself in a space of prayer, you're communing to him. When you separate yourself and meditate on the word of God, that's a space where he can begin to do some things in you. Translation, bless you. Not the blessings that we hear outside, but the blessings of our spirit. He wants the fruit of his spirit to mature in us. The greatest blessing, let me, kid you, let me not kid you, the greatest blessing you can receive is not house in Runda or family. It is the fruit of the spirit of God. If he can bless you with that, oh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those ones, if he can bless your soul and your spirit with that, you are the most blessed in the world. The only catch though is this. When things get better in the alteration process, because they do, one of the things you start realizing is all of a sudden, the pain is not too much. You've been praying and things have changed. You've waited for a job for five years. Finally, here it is. The pay rise that you're asking for, which has put in so much pain, all of a sudden has come. The catch, though, is once that happens, we tend to stay off the disciplines. I don't need to pray as much. I don't need to read the word of God. What's the point? Guys, I beg you, when the altering process begins to be light in your life, do not forsake the disciplines. Keep on. Keep on. Don't stop praying. Read the word. Confess your sins. Worship the Lord. Continue to allow yourself the spaces of the disciplines so he can continue to bless you. To bless your heart. To bless and fill you with kindness, with joy, with peace. Continue. Don't stop. Number three. We get to know the Lord God in his fullness. To Mesema, number one, we get to know ourselves, especially our sinful nature. Number two, we get to now start to understand the spiritual disciplines and begin in the fruit of the spirit. Finally, number nine, number three, we get to know the Lord God in his fullness. When the altering process is happening in your life, knowledge of who he is begins to overwhelm your heart. Timothy Keller, an American pastor, theologian, and apologist, and a best-selling author writes in his book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, that, listen to this, one of the main ways we move from an abstract knowledge about God, abstract, yani, to a personal encounter with him as a living reality is through the furnace of affliction. Where, how we move from an abstract knowledge of Jehovah skewed, not really knowing what it is, very rough picture of who he is, to a personal encounter with him, knowing him as God of heaven, is through the furnace of affliction. The painful places in your life, and this I know you will 
agree with. Those difficult moments, especially as a child of God, should draw you to Jehovah. One of the things we said over the past couple of weeks is never allow the altering process to push you away from God, to distance you from him. Because that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to reject him, to run off and say, ah, this is what you call salvation. This is a joke. What do you mean? Yani, this is a God that loves me. You've heard that question. Atikumbe righteous people also suffer. Yes, we do. But never allow the process to push you away from him. But use the pain, use the situation, the process, the altering to get you close to him, to know him, to understand his ways. You get to understand his Jehovah Jireh. Can you imagine when a season's hotel tells me on Tuesday, I remember very well, hey boss, you can't come here on Sunday. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there thinking, oh. And then God directs me to come back to these guys. And they say, okay, to answer. Now I know he's Jehovah who provides. Kumbe, he is this providing God. Hiya. No one did anything for us but him. Allow the situations, the painful places in your life to get you to a place of knowing this God, not running away from him. Hebrews 4, chapter Chapter 4, verse 12, tells us that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word or God himself, the Bible tells us that the word of God is God. He wants to go right deep into your soul right into the places where you are struggling with. Those spaces where you've put things in, situations, people, and he wants to overwhelm the spaces so that you can understand who he is because you came from him. You are his child. Whether you've accepted him or not, he created you. And in his image, imagine that. When we allow the altering process we get to know God intimately through the pains and sufferings we go through. He cuts through us to our soul, spirit, joints, and marrow, and judges the very attitudes of our heart. It is in the places of alteration in our lives, those painful places of suffering, that we really get to know. Number one, the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty is having supreme authority, control, power. That is Jehovah. You do not have power. Whether you're the president or the sweeper, you do not have power. God does. God has the power. Please remember that. Remember that. He has power over all that has happened in your life. All that is happening in your life. And all that will happen in the future. He has the power. Psalms 115 verse 3. We hear this. God is in heaven. And he does whatever pleases him. That is a sovereign God. He will take you through some things in your life. Why? I have a friend who's gone through, I believe, three or four miscarriages. 
three or four, maybe, maybe four, I'm not sure. Do you want to tell me God is not loving? Akumpenda through that? No. That is what he chose. He allowed for her. He still loves her the same way he loves you. Some of us he have gone through some crazy things. Yani, even if you shared, we'd be like, oh. But that is Jehovah. He is sovereign over your life. He chose, like we've heard, to take someone through 13 years of wrongful imprisonment. That, you know, do you know how long 13 years are? But the guy went through it and is still blessing the Lord today. He is a sovereign, loving God. Choose to believe that. This should inform us that everything about you and I isn't as a result of an accident. You were never born where you are because of an oops situation. You never went through what you went through for it to kill you. It never killed Job, so why should it kill you? Job lost his family. His wife told him to curse the Lord and die. But remember his story, how it ended. Paul told us in Romans 8.28 that we know that in all things, underline all, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you've been called according to his purpose. So everything in your life will work out for your good. Whether it's the miscarriages, or the imprisonment, or the presidency. Choose to believe that. Remember all what we said in the last two Sundays, the more you yield to the altering process in your life, the more you'll understand the sovereignty of God and the better your attitude through the altering process. We, we learn about God, his sovereignty. We learn about our dependence on him. The altering process pushes us to a place of learning about Jehovah. He's sovereign. What else? We depend on him our dependence on him. One of the things you'll understand through every process in your life is that you depend on God. When you understand the sovereignty of God, you then understand that you can't live without him. That your total dependence is on him. First Peter 1, 24 and 25 warns us sharply that all of us are like grass. And all their glory, all of our glory, is like the flowers of the field. The grass will wither. What happened? The flowers will fall. But here is the thing. The word of the Lord endures forever. God never changes. He's not like a shifting shadow. The Bible tells us that. He endures forever. So, we must depend on him. Are you at a place in your life where you're being altered and you're like, you know what? I think Nezajisot. I beg you, depend on the Lord. Cry out to him. Say, Jehovah, imagine I need you to show up in this. I need you today. See, Keshwan, he knows. Please, please, please. I depend on you, Jehovah. Never allow the pride of anything in life to lie to you that you never need God. 
whether the president of a nation or the jobless man or woman, we need God. The alteration process slowly takes you and I to the realization that without him we are nothing. And without him we can never make it through the processes life brings. So we know his sovereignty. We know our dependence on him. And we finally get to know his will for our lives. The more we yield to the sovereignty of God and put all our dependence upon him, his will for our, for our lives becomes apparent. The more you yield and say, Jehovah, sour, you know, you know that song, I surrender. I surrender, Jehovah. When we actually surrender, then his will for your life becomes known. Are you wondering what he wants to do with your life? Just surrender. So imagine for this situation, do what you need to do. Hey, job and one kind of lost. Sawa. Lead the way. E person on a kuji. Sawa. What do you want? What, like, what do you want me to do? I had someone say once that the will of God is what God places in front of you at any particular time. Umeito enduka preach. Someone has called you to go minister in a school. That's his will for your life at that moment. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. That is his will for your life then. Do the right thing. What is God's will for your life? Surrender. I beg you. When you do that, my goodness. Hey. Things will be nice. You begin to do, when you begin to do what he wants us to do, and finally. Find, when we begin to do what he wants us to do, we finally find ourselves in his will. And there is no place, my goodness, in this world better than the will of God. I found myself sadly at a place, Nico. Hey, what, what, what do I do next? What do I do? What do I do? Then he can hit, hmm, Jehovah, I think you're not done with me. I sensed he wasn't. So here I am. Guys, whatever place you find yourself in, I beg you, by the masses of God. I beg you, yield to the process and find his will. Finally, remember we said we know ourselves. The ultimate process, the product of it is we get to know ourselves. We get to, number two, appreciate the spiritual disciplines. Number three, we get to know God and finally, we get to be the testimonies for the world to see and thus glorify God. God wants you to be a testimony. A testimony. The book of Daniel, I love that, I think it's chapter 2, says you shall shine like the stars of heaven. Those of you who choose to bring others to the loving message of salvation of Jesus Christ. You will shine like the stars of heaven. Jesus commanded us in Matthew 5.16 to let our light shine before others. That they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. When God is altering us, he often, most often uses us as tools of learning for the world to see and learn. You know, it was amazing when I was seeing the guy talk about the imprisonment of five years. This chick accused him of rape. 
and he went to prison and comes out and he's not bitter anymore. Bakaniko. Azeni unaniambia ati nimefanya mimi. Uni accuse nime. Hey bana. This dude was no bitterness, he was smiling. So when you see that and then he's praising God, you're like, wait a minute. Yani, kumbe my life was supposed to be for others to see so that they can glow. Oh, that is exactly what God wants for each one of us. Celebrate the Lord. He wants you to be celebrated, him to be celebrated. When God is altering us, he most often uses us as tools of learning for the world to see and learn. Joseph told his brothers that their selling of him was for their benefit. Remember what he told him? Guys, imagine, I went ahead of you so that this might happen, this provision in your lives. Think about that. Like we've been saying all along, let him use you. Let him. Don't hide your breaking. Don't hide your pain. Don't hide your suffering. They are tools of healing that the whole world is waiting for. Imagine there's someone who needs to go through what they are going through. But the problem is you are hiding your pain. Someone is waiting just to hear higher. Kumbe ujamali and na is okay. I can go through. Can you imagine? Someone is waiting on you. So I beg you, shine. Share and see the Lord work miracles right before your eyes. Let your light shine. As we finish off this amazing series, I hope you get what the Lord is saying. We're done. You and I are in his hands. We're in the hands of God, the most safe place in the world. And if you are there, no matter what you face, we will be okay. One of the things, I, I'll ask the worship team to come as we close. One of the things I love is to remind all of us that whatever it is, whatever it is, the altering process is doing in your life, you will be fine. Mm. I've heard people say, hey, Maze, I've, I've lost a job and I've got five years. You will be fine. Because you're in his hands. You're not in man's hands. Whichever form or shape your altering comes in, Jesus said this about it in Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Of those who kill the body. Translation of human beings like yourself. Who might be holding you in their hands. They can never kill your soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't leave the house of God afraid of the altering process. I, let, let me repeat that again. Do not leave the house of God today afraid of the altering process. Celebrate it. Embrace it. Because when the testimony comes... I needed to share it from the rooftops. Some of us are breaking even as we speak, but you're like, hey, hey, this is for me and my grave. No one will ever know that I'm hurting inside. That is not the purpose of the breaking of the Lord. 
he purposes to use you for his glory I share candidly of my breaking processes on the pulpit candidly sometimes Dalia, sometimes you'll be strong but it is because of the glory of God is why we go through what we go through I kid you do not do not be afraid of the process as we leave please remember that the product of the altering process is that we get to know ourselves especially our sinful nature we get to appreciate the spiritual disciplines as a fruit of the spirit is developed in us we get to know the Lord God in his fullness and we get to be testimonies for the world to see and glorify God Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.